0: you take your Bibles. I want you to turn with me to James chapter 3. James chapter 3 in your Bible. The book of James. There are two books in the Bible that are books of wisdom. The book of Proverbs is in the Old Testament. It's the book of wisdom. I mean, it's a zillion years old. Technology changes, but how to deal with people never changes because people never change. So if you want to learn how to get along with people, read the book of Proverbs. The book of James in the New Testament is the New Testament book of wisdom. Now, it's not written by James the disciple. He's not the Peter, John, and James. This is a different James. This is the James who was the half-brother of Jesus. They had the same mother, different fathers. But it's one of the great books in the Bible, the book of wisdom. It's the wisdom for everyday life. But tonight we want to talk about uh, words. We're going to talk about the power of words tonight. We're going to talk about the tongue. And no, no, no. no. Somebody just went, oh. oh. So, no. We're going to talk about the power of tongue to do good power of tongue to give life tonight. And, uh, I want you to give you, I want you to give your tongue to Jesus. Okay. I want more than six to give their tongues to Jesus. The Bible says present your bodies, a living sacrifice to the son of God. You gave him your heart for eternity. Give him your tongue for the planet friend of mine, Mike Kennedy is an evangelist and they had a lady in his church just created so much grief and in revival one night, she finally came up and said, preacher, I I just, I'm so sorry. I've been so critical and negative. I just want to put my tongue on the altar. He couldn't resist it. He said, lady, it's 40 feet long. (laughs) Get all you can up there. Help yourself. The Bible has so much to say about the tongue and about words. I, I love this right here. We, this is going to be good tonight. James chapter 3, one verse, just look like a half a verse, really. James 3, 5, 7, this it says this. James chapter 3, verse 5. Even so, the tongue is a little members. Not, not much. Boasts great things. Now, here's what we want to look at tonight. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. Listen to what your Heavenly Father is saying to you. Look, look here, y'all. See, look. Look at the power of the tongue. Look at how great a forest just a little fire can kindle. The word for little fire, there's the word we use for spark. It only takes a spark to get a fire going. You can burn a whole forest with just a spark. This is what the Lord said. See how great a forest just a spark can kindle. What he wants you to do is this. See the potential within your tongue. I want you to see tonight what you could do with your tongue and the power that's in that tongue. Uh, let me read it to you. I got my little, this is my little Bible I use. 1975, I got saved. I got this Bible right here. And we have spent hours and hours. I still read it to this day. This is, y'all remember this? I don't remember the way. The pictures are cool. It was back when basketball players wore them little tight shorts and all that stuff. Cheerleader skirts was down to ankles in this thing. Let me read it to you in this version. A great forest can be set on fire by only one tiny spark. This is what the Lord wants you to see. He wants you to see the power of words and what we could do with them. We need, need to get our tongues in his hand. All right, the power of words to affect the human heart. Let me take just a minute and I'll point out what's obvious here. Number one, the damage. Anybody believe that the tongue can do much damage to the human heart? I believe it's doing a lot of damage today? Right, let me share something with you. This is Satan's uh, avenue right now in our nation. The book of Revelation chapter 12 tells me this, that the dragon poured water out of his mouth like a flood to carry the woman away. That's a picture of what Satan is doing on our land today. He he is using words to destroy today. And he's gotten in the mouths of people and he's destroying on a national level today, personal level. I I deal with people all the time. They are so wounded in heart that that they can't hardly function. Guess how they got wounded? What was the tool that, that wounded them? Words, words people spoke. I know people that are just absolutely warped and can't function in life because of their father's words growing up. I, I mean, I, I, not long ago, I met this lady and I just happened to put my hand on her shoulder. And she recoiled like I was a rattlesnake. Words did that to her. And we're seeing the damage of words in our land. And uh, I think this is the enemy's mode today is to just, he's just pouring out words uh, to flood. But listen, here's what I want to talk about tonight. <clears throat> words also have power on the other side. Words can heal. One of, one of the verses I love so much, Psalm 106, He sent His word and healed them. How's God healing the world? Through words. And He's using words to heal people. Word, words can heal. Um, listen, words can encourage people. When I get encouraged, it's usually through words, through His word. And we're going to learn how to do this. We're going to learn how to walk up to people instead of just breathing them through our mouths. <laughs> Use the thing. You can speak life to people. Words can encourage people. I mean, just, well, to just be shotgunning them everywhere. The, the good ones. They can heal people. They can give hope to people. I, 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 I would have should have read, just, I got a text from a girl this morning. It said this, I feel 1000 times better now Guess how she got to feeling 1,000 times better? Through my tongue. Words can bring hope back into people's hearts. But here's the big one I want you to see about words words can literally chart the course of people's lives. Words can take people where, the, if your kid goes somewhere in life, guess how he's going to get there? Your words. Let's read that. James chapter 3. Um, Verse four, look at the ships. Although they're so large, they're driven by fierce winds. They're turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. How does a big ship go in the direction it goes in? It's not the size of the ship. It's not even the sail. What is it? The rudder. The rudder is the tiny part of the ship. The rudder decides where that boat ends up. He's not talking about boats here. What's he talking about? The tongue. Your tongue will put your child where they're going to go. I know, I know girls that are prostitutes. Their daddy's tongue put them there. I know kids that are all stars. Their daddy and mama's tongues put them there. I know churches that are great. Somebody's tongue put them there. Uh, you understand what God is saying here? He point, point, makes the same point in the verse above it. And he said, uh, a horse, we move a great horse's body with just a three ounce bit. I used to have a great big horse. He's buried in my side yard named Sundown. And he was belligerent, but I loved him. He was, he was bullheaded, but I loved him. But he'd go wherever I wanted him to. With that bit, that took him wherever I wanted him to go. And the Bible said that, that's the tongue. The tongue's just a small thing. But ultimately, the tongue charts where people end up. Just like a rudder takes a ship where it's supposed to go. If you want your kids to do well, use your tongue to get them there. If you, to, if you want your marriage to go somewhere... Use your tongue to get it there. How many marriages have been destroyed by the tongue? But they can be healed by the same tongue. And the Bible talks about the power of the tongue to heal and bring life, but mostly to shape lives. And to... we have got to understand what we've been given here. All right, our tongues should speak life. Jesus said this in John six sixty three: the words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. Did people walk off discouraged, defeated, miserable when Jesus spoke? No, sir. Uh, adulterers lifted up their heads and started over when Jesus spoke. Sinners got up and started over when Jesus spoke. Crippled people got up, and walked when Jesus spoke. Jesus spoke life into the earth, and it was by his words that he spoke life. Where does this thing about life-giving words come from? Where do we? Uh, what's the secret to a life-giving tongue? I've had people say this. I've had people say, this. "God, I got to remember not to say that. No, that's wrong. That's wrong." Well, I mean, please don't speak if it's ugly, but... I've got, to, I've got to remember to speak good things. Wrong. That's not how this works. That's not how the kingdom works. Let me, show you how the, let me show you how the tongue becomes a life-giving source. See if you agree with what Jesus said about your tongue in Matthew chapter 12. Turn with me to Matthew 12. I, <laughs> I remember years ago when I used to run with a little different crowd and somebody would get about half drunk and they would say things intoxicated that they wouldn't say sober. Can I get a witness? that personal experience or is that your uncle you saw do that? <laughs> All right. And people would say this. They'd say, don't, don't pay him no attention. That's the liquor speaking. Let me make an announcement. Liquor don't talk. <laughs> that was you speaking. Actually, what happened was the liquor defilterized you is what happened. <laughs> the, the liquor just proved, what the liquor did was prove that Jesus tells the truth. See if you agree with this in Matthew 1, 2, 3, 4, Matthew 12, 34. Brood of vipers. Now that's not for y'all. Don't pay attention to that part. How can you be an evil, speak good things? Watch this. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What does that tell me right there? Where do my words come from? You made me mad, so I said that. No, 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 no. That's not true. Where do my words come from? They flow out of my heart. This is a foundational truth. If, if my words are to give life, I've got to understand that my words come from my heart. So what is the secret to life-giving speech? Is it to, is it to guard your tongue? Just get your heart right. If, if my heart's right, my words will be right. It's just too hard to have a bad heart and try to guard your tongue all the time. You're going to cheer your tongue off. Just get your heart right, open your mouth and let it fly. If the heart's right, the mouth can lay wide open all the time. Nothing but life will come out of it. Out of the abundance of the heart. What does abundance mean? Whatever fills your heart's coming out your mouth. Did you know that your tongue is the window to your heart? I've had people say, you don't know my heart. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. All I got to do is listen to you talk. <laughs> yes. Your tongue is the window to your heart. So what is the secret to this tongue thing? Turn with me to John chapter 7. Here's the great verse. All right, here it is. I want you to change people's worlds with your tongue. But here's how we do it. It's not to learn what to say. In John chapter seven, this is, this is that. We need, to, we need to hold on to these three verses here. This is the secret to life. Jesus spoke this. You can never replace the Holy Spirit's ministry in our lives to speak through us. Without the Holy Spirit, it's not going to work. John 7, 37 said this. John 7, verse 37. The last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone thirsts, let him do what? Come to me and do what? See the word drink there? It's in the continual ongoing sense. What does Jesus say you and I should be doing? Coming to him and drinking. Now, dear ones, is he talking about H2O or cappuccino or... Jesus didn't have them European drinks back then. What is he talking about drinking? What do we drink from Jesus? Well, you can look in John chapter. He said, he said my words are life. The words of Jesus, the Holy Spirit is water, life-giving water. And we come to Jesus and we drink. All right, if we come to Jesus and drink, what's going to happen? Verse 38, he who believes in me, as the scripture said, out of his heart will flow What? Do you think he's talking about H2O? Life-giving words. If I learn to go to Jesus and let him drink and drink from him and let him fill my heart with his, his life, guess what's going to come out of my mouth all the time? The Holy Spirit of God. Life-giving, spirit-giving words are going to flow out of me. And in verse 39 he said this, this he spoke of the Spirit whom those believing him would receive. It, this is so simple, dear ones. If I will go to Jesus and let him fill my heart, guess what's coming back out of me? words of life, words that speak life to people. When I go to Jesus and I let him encourage me and comfort me and build me up and and light me up, guess what's coming back out of my mouth? Words of encouragement and hope and life. This is so easy. This is the, this is the, this is how our tongues become life-giving agents. We let Jesus pour into us and then we just put it right back out there. This is much like we saw last week. You have to receive before you can give. Letting Jesus speak life into you. Now, now, let me take just a minute and say, how do I do this one? I sat down with my Bible. I am not studying the Bible. I say, speak, Lord, thy servant listens. And I want him to speak to my heart through that word. I don't just study Leviticus. I, I'm sorry, I don't even read Leviticus. There ain't but 65 books in the Bible for me. I'm not reading Leviticus. Report me to the three. I, I don't care. I go to that book for him to speak life to my heart and encourage me and build me up. Jesus said, my words are life to those who hear them and healing to all their flesh. You know, I ought to read the Bible because it's the right thing to do. And you'll fuss at me if I don't. No, no. Proverbs 420, my son, attend to my words. Listen to my words because they are life to those who hear them and healing to their flesh. I go to that word to get my heart healed and my heart built up and encouraged and, and, and all that. And then if I do that just naturally, or right, I do that with the word, I do that with music. Good Holy Spirit, anointed music, I listen to it just fills my heart. And uh, I, that's, I listen to things on my cell phone. You know, I listen to people teach on the cell phone that are words of life. I don't listen to people preach out of, Le- you preach out of Leviticus. I'm gonna turn you off. But I listen to people that preach life and and I'm not looking for information. I've got enough. I know more than the apostles knew. I got enough information. I need inspiration. I need him speak to my heart. Jesus said, my words are life, not just information. And if I let him speak to my heart, naturally my heart gets full of the love and hope and life of Jesus. By nature, it's it's just gonna flow back out. Right. The Bible is in the continual sense. I have to drink continually. If I drink continually, guess what's going to come back out? If I don't drink continually, there's nothing there. Let, let me show you this. Uh, let's think, we got time. We're close. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10. We, we just one night we can do the whole Bible. Matthew chapter 10. I had a fellow in time, he's ill. He said, in my last church, we read one scripture and then we got to sleep through the whole sermon. You keep us turning the whole time on purpose. Don't snore in my church. (laughs) Alright, this is the commission of Jesus and He said heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, sell raffle tickets, whatever it is you do in churches. Look at the last line in verse 8. Freely you have received what? What's the only way you can freely give? You have to receive from Jesus freely. Well, if He wants me to speak life into this world, He's got to speak life into me. I can't speak and help people if He don't talk to me and help me. This is the awfulest illustration I've ever used in 40 years of preaching, but I'm going to use it because you'll get it. If you'll drink from Jesus, you can't help but speak life to people. Amen? You drink an entire two liter bottle of soda, you won't have to try to pee, you'll bust. I don't know the way to say it. You won't have to try. You won't be able to stop. I told you it's bad. You cannot listen to Jesus and his spirit speak life to your heart and you not just automatically, it's just got to flow back out. This is, it's not about learning. It's about drinking. It's not about trying. It's about enjoying Jesus and him speaking into our hearts and then that becoming for this earth. Listen to what the Bible is teaching me and you. Turn back to John 7. Yeah, yeah keep, keep turning. Some of you is getting, you're nodding there. John 7. I'm going to show you something about the Holy Spirit in your life here. John seven thirty seven. We need to meditate these words right here a long time. Jesus said in John seven thirty seven, If any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. And then out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. Well, let me tell you something Jesus is saying right here to every one of us in this room. Jesus ministers to people through our words. It's our words that he uses to help people. Can you see it? He ministers to us and then that river of living water flows back out of us. But it was, it's got to come through words. I, I can't put my lips up against your ear and just stand there. I got to speak. I can't help you unless I speak. He ministers through our words. It's our words that he uses to help people and uh, give life to people. Um, let me ask you a question. What is it? All through the Bible, to help us understand God the, the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's the hardest one to get a concept of because I understand God the Father. I see, a, I see him on his throne. I understand Jesus because I can see him in the Gospels. The Holy Spirit's the hardest person to get a visual concept of in, in the Scriptures. What is the number one picture of the Holy Spirit all throughout the Bible? A river. It's a picture of a river. Uh, You can go all throughout the Bible. Let me point out several that I just love. Ezekiel 47, I saw the throne room of God and I saw from underneath the door of God's throne room, a river was flowing out of the throne room of God. And that river flowed down to the sea. The sea in the Bible is always the multitude of people in the earth. And when it touched the sea, the sea was healed. And everywhere the river went, life went. He's painted as a picture of, as a, as a river right there. I love, I know I love them all. Psalm 46:4. listen to me. There is a river whose streams shall make glad the city of God. How many Christians have not found that river yet? You got to find that river. Listen to me. There is a river whose streams will make glad the city of God. And it's talking about the Holy spirit being a river. Let me tell you the secret to have an ongoing, successful, blessed, good life. Psalm chapter one, blessed is the man who meditates in my word day and night. He will be like a tree planted beside the river. You got the picture? You're out in a field, there's one tree, there's a river, he's planted right beside that tree. And the Bible said, he's always bearing fruit. He's always green, he doesn't wither. Why? His roots have gone down and they found their way into that river. Who's the river? The Holy Spirit of God, who's the tree? It's me and you, if we find the river. It's a continual continual drawing. Of course, John 37, Jesus said, rivers of living water. That's a picture of the Holy Spirit. He's a river of living, or literally it reads in the Greek, life-giving water that flows out of us. How does Jesus Jesus take me as a bride? How's He going to change me into something that can spend eternity with Him beautiful? Ephesians chapter 5, He's going to wash me with the water of His Word. He's going to pour the water out on me. Let's look at this. Turn me the last page in the Bible. Turn the last page in the Bible. Don't you see this? Last page in the Bible. I find it interesting that the last page of the Bible is a picture of the Holy Spirit. Now I've heard people say they can't find the Holy Ghost in the book of Revelation. Man, you need a revelation. Who is this right here? All right, Revelation 22, last page in the Bible. Watch this. Revelation. Tw- All right, there you go. Revelation 22. And he showed me, what does that mean? God has revealed something to me. He showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and from the lamb. Who's that? That's the Holy Spirit of God. In the middle of the streets on either side of the river was the tree of life, which bore 12 fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. Well, I love this. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. What does the Holy Spirit do? He heals. He brings life. He brings life back after death. He heals people when they're hurting. He fixes things. But this is a, all through the Bible. The number one picture of the Holy Spirit is a river. He's also pictured as fire, wind, a dove. But the number one picture over in the Bible, and there's more of them, he is a river. All right, what did Jesus say about me? What am I supposed to be? I'm supposed to open my mouth. I'm supposed to drink from Jesus. Open my mouth. And what's going to happen? rivers of life-giving water are going to flow out of me through my words. Or can we say it this way? The Holy Spirit's going to speak through me. The Holy Spirit's going to flow out of me. And if the Holy Spirit, if this life-giving river flows out of me, what's the effect it's going to have on people? Well, what does a life-giving river do? When it touches the sea, the people are healed. My words are supposed to just bring life to people and just speak life to people. Let me, let me quote our original verse. See, See how great a forest a little fire can kindle. See the difference I could make in the earth if my tongue would flow life out of it. See how I could change things if my tongue flowed life out of it. Now, I'm going to, let me, let me, I want you to follow me for just a second here and I'm gonna dump religion upside down for a minute if you don't mind. I want us to change the way we look at things. I'm every know we can still grow after being a Christian for say six months. All right. Our command is, we're followers of Jesus, disciples. Our command and goal should be different than religion. Religion's focus is on the don'ts. Don't, don't say, if you can't say something nice, don't say nothing at all. Don't say nothing dirty. Don't say nothing ugly. Just keep your mouth shut. Just keep your mouth shut. Just keep your mouth shut. Don't cuss, don't swear, don't think. Don't fart, don't burp, don't do nothing. That's religion. You just go around all the time trying to remember not to. No wonder Christians are so neurotic that are trained like that. That's ridiculous. I've had people say, I didn't say nothing wrong. I didn't say nothing wrong. That's not the problem, Bubba. The problem is you didn't say nothing, period. It's not don't say nothing bad. Let me help you. How do you get air out of a glass? I told you that. Don't suck it out. You look like a fool and get a ring around your face. How do you get air out of a glass? Fill it with water. How do you keep your lips from doing damage? Fill it with the life giving truth of God. It is about speaking. It's about speaking. Jesus didn't say, don't say, no, don't keep your mouth shut. Jesus said, speak life. I not you look with me. Turn with me to Mark chapter 16. Y'all are real tired tonight. We're going to do a lot of looking. Mark chapter 16. <laughs> it's like the 10 commandments are don't, don't, don't. Friend, the, Listen, the commandments of Jesus are due. All right, Mark chapter 16. This is what we call the great commission the great commission commandment. This is the final overarching call of Jesus to his disciples. And I want you to look at what he told me and you to do. Now, obviously there are some things we shouldn't do. You and I know that. <clears throat> Don't steal your neighbor's wife. You'll live to regret it. All right, Mark chapter 16. This is the great command of Jesus. Now, let me ask you a question. Is Mark chapter 16 toward the end of his time is it the last book in, Mark, in the book of Mark? I right, watch these words, Mark 16, 15. And Jesus said to them, unto them, to his disciples, and to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. What did Jesus tell me and you to do? What does the word preach mean? That doesn't mean get behind a pulpit. It simply means speak. What's the word gospel mean? We saw it last Sunday. Good news. What did Jesus tell me and you to do with our lives? Go speak good news to everybody. Go speak good news to everybody. Go into the world, literally preach means broadcast. You get out there and you speak good news to everybody. Then we should not, I love what a buddy in Charlotte said. We're not going to be known for what we're against. Although we're against some things. We're not going to be known for what we don't do. When I get done listening to some people, I think I got a mannequin could do that. (laughs) We want to be known for what we do. And what did Jesus say? What the, what's the number one thing we do? We get out there and we speak life to people. And we broadcast good news to people and, and we speak life to them. Right, a lot of people are excited about the Holy Ghost. Everybody find out about the Holy Ghost today. All right, let me show you something about the Holy Ghost. Turn to the Holy Ghost book. Y'all know where to turn. Go ahead and go to Acts. Turn me to the book of Acts chapter one. There's some weird teachings on the Holy Spirit, isn't there? That's fine. Listen, he, he'll just speak for himself. Listen, the Holy Spirit wrote a book. Just read his book and you'll know the truth. And he wrote this wonderful book. I want you to look at the. Then as we make this too complicated, let's make it so simple. How many of you believe that there's a real Holy Spirit working in the earth? How many believe he's wonderful? How many of you believe he's powerful? Amen, brother. It hit me and I shook for an hour and a half. It sounds like that coronavirus is going around. That's what that is. I'm not being unkind. I'm just... How about let let's Jesus tell us, how many of you know it's okay for believers to be filled with the Holy Spirit? All right, let's let Jesus, here's the effect. Let's read it. Acts chapter one, verse eight. But you shall receive power. Everybody likes that. When the Holy Spirit has come upon me, upon you and you shall be, what happens to people when the Holy Spirit comes on them? They tell people how wonderful Jesus is. They speak. What's the effect of the Holy Spirit? They speak. It's not what they don't say, it's what they do say. And uh, you, you, you know, Acts chapter two is where the Holy Spirit came, spoke in tongues, but what did the people hear? How is it that we hear them speak the wonderful works of God in our own tongue? What is the call of Jesus on our lives? Go out there and speak life in this suffering earth. Speak life to people, speak hope to people. Uh, let me show you my favorites, it's, it's close. You can turn real quick and go right back to sleep. Acts chapter five. Make him hold the Bible if he's going to sleep, Margaret. Acts chapter 5. They got locked up and the Holy Spirit of God, the angel came and let them free. And what did he tell them to do? Call their lawyer. Acts 5.20 says this. Go stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. Guess what we ought to be doing to people? Speaking words of life to them. Just speak words of life to them. You know, when so many believers are so proud of the fact that they don't chew and smoke and cuss. You miss an entire point. We're put in this earth to speak life, and to speak to people, speak hope and love and in grace, grace to people. We won't take time to look at it because, bless your poor thumbs. You've turned enough tonight. which means I'm gonna let you rest for a minute. We'll be out in a minute again. Ephesians four twenty nine. Let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth. Corrupt means it defiles. Let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth, but only that which is good for edification, building up that it might impart grace to the hearers. Wouldn't it be great if every time we opened our mouth, somebody got built up? That's Ephesians 4.29. You hear the same theme all through the Bible and uh, the life that comes in there. Now, dears, let me tell you something. God's kingdom activity always centers around words. It always centers around words. Turn with me to Mark chapter four. You've rested long enough. Mark chapter four. Mark chapter four. Then was the whole kingdom of God centers around words. I, I I would love for somebody to say about me one day what they said about Jesus. Never a man spoke like this man. One of the funniest places in the Bible... Jesus is, the preachers hate him. They're mad at him. They send their guard. Roman guards were not mild mannered fellows. I promise you, they didn't drink lattes. That was an evil bunch of, they were mean. They send guards to get Jesus. The guards come back without Jesus. They said, where's he at? And they just stood there and said, no man ever spoke like this man. His words were so powerful in life given the guards forgot what they supposed to be doing. I'm telling you, the. can I ask you a question? Why would 5,000 men go three days without eating just to sit and listen to him? You know why? His words were that powerful. He wasn't fussing at him for smoking. I heard what you thought. There was no smoking back in. Yes, there was. Ain't you never read in the book of Genesis that Rebecca saw Jacob and lit up on a camel? They smoking back in. <laughs> I'm sorry. Come back. Oh my goodness. Come back. Listen to me. That man's words were so powerful. People would sit for days and listen to him. They just drank in his words. But why is that? Because my words are life to those who find them and healing to the flesh. Guess what he sent me? The same Holy Spirit that was in Jesus is in you. Words need to be life that flow out of us like that. The kingdom centers around words. Don't you read with me in Mark chapter four, verse twenty-six? Jesus said this: "The kingdom of God is as if here's what it's like: a man should scatter seed on the ground." I maybe think he's talking about squash seed. What's he talking about here? The kingdom of God is as if a person should just speak everywhere, broadcast words. If you want to look it up, verse 14, it says the sower sows the word. All right, you speak your words, verse 26. He sleeps by night, rises by day. The seed should sprout and grow. He doesn't understand how. The earth yields crops by itself. First the blade, then the head, full grain. Grain ripens immediately. He puts in the sickle, the harvest is come. Let me paint you a picture. Uh, man and wife have a child. They want that child to do well in life. I don't care how big your house is. That's not what determines how well a child does. But they learn, they they go to bed by night, they rise by day and they just speak life over that child. They speak life into that child. They sow the seeds into that child's heart of life and hope and encouragement and and foundational words. And you speak into that child and you speak into that child and the child grows. And one day you got a just a a strong, balanced, confident, God-fearing, God-loving people, loving, accomplishing child. Guess why? Because the kingdom centers around words. Spray Roundup on your plants, they'll die every time. Kill your kids with your words, they'll never amount to nothing. The kingdom centers around words, Jesus said. And uh, I want you to notice what the Bible said about our words. You think it's not making a difference. You think it don't look like much when you speak good to people, it's making a difference. That's in the next verse, let's read it. Verse 30, then he said, to what shall we liken the kingdom of God? What's the picture of it? It's like a mustard seed. What do you know about a mustard seed? Doesn't look like much. Does it Very tiny. Which when it is sown on the ground, it's smaller than all the seeds of the earth. Don't look like much. But when it's sown, it grows and becomes greater than the herbs and shoots out large branches. The birds of the air nest under its shade. He's not talking about oak trees. He's talking about the power of your words. It don't look like much when you speak life to people, but over time it grows and it gets big in their lives. Everything centers around the words we speak and uh, what we say. So I want us to shift the way we think about our believing lives instead of I'm trying not to do wrong. Let's get out there and just do right by speaking right and filling this earth with the good news. And I'm, I'm not just talking about preaching the message of salvation, although that is the greatest news you can tell anybody. I'm just talking about speaking life everywhere we go. I went to see a fellow yesterday who's, uh, he would be stepping off the planet in a few weeks here. And I was asked to come see him. And I went over there. I didn't walk in the door and say, do you know for certain if you died tonight, you'd go to heaven? That's a good way to shut somebody's heart down. It's the greatest question you'll ever ask, but it's a good way to have them go, get him the hell out of here. Are you with me? I got to go in there and sit down and talk to him about where he came from and what his life's about. And I got to win him to me first. So I go in there and speak friendly to him and and cheer for him and talk to him. And then finally, when we're comfortable, then I can lean forward and say, I need to ask you a question. Do you understand that? And I don't just walk up to people and say, thou shalt, don't do that stuff. I think that that speaking, you can speak life to people, not even put book, chapter and verse with it. A A lot of our words have a lot to do with the tone and the way you say them. Yeah. Repent! Well, I know I need to repent. You just, there's that two leaders coming out again when you talk like that. that golly, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. All right, I, I want you to listen again. Matter of fact, let's go back and look at it. James chapter three, let's go to it again. We're going to be, Bible's going to be bent by the time you get done here. In James chapter 3, I, I, here's what I want you to do. Listen, look at what Jesus said to you and me. James chapter 3, verse 5. The tongue's a little member. James 3, 5. Boasts great things. See. Look at three words. See how great. See how great an impact you could have on people's lives with that tongue. What does see mean? Think about it. Perceive how great an impact you could have on people's lives. When he says see how great, he wants you to look at the possibilities. And the opportunities, do not underestimate the impact of your words on people's lives. There was a word fitly spoken in due season is like apples of gold and settings of silver. I didn't make that up. That came out of that book. At the words that have been spoken at just the right time. And, and God says, I want you to do this. See how great. I want you to spend time thinking about what you could do with that tongue in certain situations and then um, broadcast it. One of the great verses I love so much in the Bible is in Ecclesiastes. And it said this, throw your seed out in the morning, sow it, throw it out in the evening. You don't ever know what's going to come back and grow. You, you say, well, I, I don't want to waste any words. You got a plenty. <laughs> don't miss it. Do not miss an opportunity to speak life into somebody. Your mate, children, waitresses, Lady behind, many of you know the lady behind the counter where you buy gas could use a word of life once in a while? All right, we went out to eat Sunday and a couple of my children with me and the waiter's waiting on us and he was so great. And he told me, he said, y'all the best table we had. And then another little waitress, she came over there and we got to talking and I said, tell me about this Sunday crowd that comes in here and eats. And oh, they had a meltdown. Every waiter and waitress in this city ought to be in churches praising God because of the way they get spoken to at the tables. Amen. I'm, so my waitresses are going. This is where there is, this is following Jesus. Jesus didn't just speak at eleven o'clock on Sunday morning when he was scheduled to. Jesus didn't just speak when he was scheduled to. Most of his ministry was an as you go ministry. Listen, over and over said in the New Testament, over and over, as he went, as he went. Jesus, he didn't say, oh, heck, I'm off duty. I ain't talking to her. That man couldn't help it. Everywhere he went, he spoke life to people. Never mind, That, that didn't do much for you apparently. All right, don't underestimate the power of your words. The only reason I graduated from high school, I'm a senior in high school. I, I got in trouble for starting, for fighting. Actually, we had a riot at our high school, it was pretty bad. And I got blamed for starting a thing, I'm not sure. <laughs> so I took me in office there of and had a meeting with the big wigs and the principal suspended me for three weeks for starting a riot, fighting. And uh, I just said, well, I'll just drop out, fine. I didn't care. I was working on cars at the gas station. So I'll just drop out and I got to walk out. I got about halfway down the hall and somebody caught me by the arm and it was the assistant principal. He was rough, the former Marine. And he, he said, come in my office. I thought, God, chew me again. I went in and he walked in that office. He got right up close to me and he said, you could have gotten a car wreck, broke your leg and missed three weeks. He said, it's important to me that you graduate. He said, you do your time out and you come back and you find me. I hope you catch up on your work and I'll help you graduate. He said that and something happened inside of me. I did do my time. I did come back and find him. I did graduate. The only reason I graduated from high school is because one man spoke words that made that big a difference. He, He didn't owe me that. I don't even think he's a believer. I don't know. But do you understand the power of words that can make one turn in a person's life? Well, I saw him not long ago. It had been 40 years. He worked. He got out of the school business and went into undertaking business. And he was the undertaker at my mama's funeral. And I said, you're Dick Lamb. He said, I am. I said, do you remember me? He said, do I remember you? He said, all the teachers remember you. And I got a chance to thank him and tell him, you you know I, I know, I told him, I said, I went to college too. Got out, graduated from college. You know, if you don't graduate from high school, hard to graduate from college. And I mean, I didn't have... I know y'all hire anything here, but you wouldn't have hired me without high school. My goodness. Here's, here's what I'm saying. A word spoken at the right time can turn somebody's life. And we, it ought, we ought to let it fly. Then he's in you. Open your mouth, let him out. How powerful is a word spoken in due season? And uh, let me, I'm, this is going to sound dumb. Give me no Dermonat Pepsi bottle thing I told you. I have my own personal parables. I believe the Lord shows me things in parables. Not just the ones in the Bible. He gives me personal parables. I will speak to them in parables. And he's, I'm meditating one day on the power of speech and what it can do in people's lives. And he gave me this parable. How many of you remember a commercial that was on TV a year or two ago? It was a Nissan car commercial, real simple commercial. And a man standing on the side road holding a sign and it says the end is near. Does anybody remember that? I love that commercial. And he's standing there holding the sign and says the end is near. You know, that's probably one of them, uh, probably a pastor. He was holding the sign at the end. It, you just think, wouldn't you love to go out to eat with a man who stands and holds the sign and says the end is near? Wouldn't that be fun? Obviously, it's a picture of despair. And he's watching the cars go by and he sees this new Nissan go by and looks at it. Folds his sign up, throws it in the garbage. That car is so wonderful that the end ain't near no more that's the message of the commercial. And God spoke to me in that. And he said, that's a parable for you. He said, everybody's standing around with these signs. The end is near. He said, I want you to walk by them and then fold their sign up, throw it in the garbage and say, it must not be near. I don't mean the second coming of Jesus. I mean, I want you to walk by people and then say, you know what? It ain't as bad as people make it out to be. I, want, I just want you walking by people to bring life into them. And they go, there's some hope here. You can do this. You can do this off duty. You can do it with people you don't know. Yeah. I went into a place today, nobody intercept the girl running it, and she was having trouble. She had carpal tunnel surgery, just getting over it, and she couldn't do it. She was trying to, I said, here, let me, I just jumped back here and did it for her. I said, Let me help you with this. Shit. I see, yeah, help me up. So did it and got done. We're talking a minute. And after a few minutes, she starts telling me the dream she has in her heart to own her own place. Oh, that, I mean, that was like, they fired the gun. I said, let me tell you how, let me tell you, how you can do it. So I just got to talking to her about how you can do this and cheering her on. And she got excited and I got excited. And I don't I even know her name yet. I'm in love with your baby. I don't even know your name. Remember in old country song. And I'm telling her how she can do this and cheering for it. And I said, you, you open it. I'll send the people down there. I said, well, this is going to be great. You can do this off duty. Well, listen. In, instead of just staring at our phones all day, lift up your eyes into the fields that are white into harvest and open your mouth and let it out. Let it rip, tater chip. I think that's scripture. Not sure. All right, let, let me quit. I don't know what that means. Let me quit. by A lot of people are a little hesitant to speak. We got to get over this. Let me help you overcome some of the hurdles to speaking from scripture. Number one, I don't feel like it. <laughs> Let me make an announcement. It don't matter whether you feel like it or not. Your words can help when you don't feel like it. All right, the Bible says this. Have you ever heard fake it till you make it? Yeah. Don't do that. Faith it until you feel it. Many a time I have felt I've been aggravated. Don't leave me alone. Y'all ever get like that? Y'all so spiritual? I do it. I just get like that at times. But somebody will be there and I'll say they need some. I'll just start talking to them about how they can handle this and help them. And love them up before, Guess what happens for long? You say you're faking. I'm not faking it. That's faith. Friend, to obey God when you don't feel with it, that's not faulty. That's faith. You think Simon felt like walking on whatever. He was scared spitless. But guess what happened after he put his foot down? Faith rose up and he did it. Faith it. Till you feel it, even if you don't feel like it. Number two, so I can't encourage other folks. I, I'm lowering a well, dropping on the river bottom myself. <laughs> I need encouragement myself. Look up here, sow it. If you need it, sow it. There have been times I've tried to encourage people, and I don't know if it helped them, but I preach myself blown I'm happy. If you need it, sow it. Whatsoever a man gives, give, and it shall be given unto you. I talk myself happy sometimes trying to help other people. And God, I didn't realize y'all was on medication. You wasn't even listening, but it did me good. (laughs) If you need it, sow it, sow it, sow it, sow it. He was of a continual, oh my goodness, just sow it. Bible says this, whatever a man sows, that's what he's gonna reap. Number three, I'm a little nervous about speaking to people. Here's the answer, get over it. (laughs) Get over it. Let me tell you, get over it. Fear and all, step out there, and you know what you'll say. That didn't hurt. You'll do it about three times. You'll just like say, "Why why did that bother me? This didn't hurt." Dear ones, let me tell you about this wonderful kingdom we're in. You have got to be willing to fail if you're gonna catch a fish. Why are we so? You have got to be willing to fail to accomplish something. So what if I make fun of me? What if you miss an opportunity? Don't don't. You don't play it safe in this kingdom. Get out there. Let me do one more. I don't know what to say. Have I got good news for you? Turn one more time to Matthew chapter 10. I'm going to show you one of the greatest things in all. I'm going to show you one of the, um, you're going to see a miracle right here. And you're going to see a miracle. The miracle's in your mouth. Matthew chapter 10. And I want you to try this and you see if God doesn't do what he said he'd do right here. Matthew chapter 10. And th- there are a lot of times we don't know what to say. There's times I go in situations I don't know what to say. You say, well, you've been trained. That ain't worth nothing. One <laughs> well, of the quickest things I had to do when I got out of school was forget everything. <laughs> you, if you own a Bible, you can get trained, but let me, tell you, let me tell you about speaking. Let me show you what the greatest, this may be the greatest verse is about speaking to people. You got situations where you go in a situation, you don't know what to say, you don't know what to do. Watch what the Bible says to do right here. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 19, when they deliver you up, watch it, Watch his word, Matthew 10, 19. When they deliver you up, do not worry about how or what you will say. How many of you worry about what you're supposed to say when you go in somewhere? How many of you walk up to a family and funeral home worry about what you're gonna say? Don't worry about it. Don't worry about what you'll say. It will be given you in that hour what you should speak. When you open your mouth, God will put something in there. And here's the promise, verse 20. It is not you who speak, but the spirit of your father who speaks in you. Those are two are the greatest verses in the Bible. What do you say? I'm gonna say, there's a verse in Psalm that says this, open your mouth and I will fill it. You open your mouth, I'll put something in there. Many a time I've gone into situations that were bad situations. I didn't know what to say. And I would open my mouth not even knowing what I was gonna say. And you just start out talking to people and guess what happens? All of a sudden it begins to flow. And you realize, I didn't even know I knew this. And the Spirit of God will just speak love through you and encouragement through you. But what does it say? You've got to open your mouth. I'd want everybody in this room to try this sometime. You do it. You just say, I need to say something nice to them. You just walk over and open your mouth. Watch what happens. And it's like talking about Jesus, one of the hardest things you'll ever start. Once you get started, you can't stop it for nothing. Because you know why? The Spirit within you takes over. And words just flow out of you like that. Wouldn't it be great if we had the same Holy Spirit in us that Jesus had? What does that say right there? I'm going to tell you, Jesus done pretty good with his talking, didn't he? The same spirit that's in Jesus is in you. But he does not, he's, a, mm, mm. he's not going to beat his way out of there. You got to open your mouth in faith and speak and he'll fill it. So if you don't, don't worry about it, not knowing what to say. You got somebody in you that knows what to say every single time, every single time. All right, let me, let me quit by saying this show sure enough here. Show sure enough. Satan has flooded the world with his words. He's flooded our nation right now with words. And we are wounded and hurting and we're in despair because of words that he's flooded the nation with. And not only that, let me tell you what else he's doing. He is silencing the word of God in our land through different things. I say we return the favor and let's flood our community with God's words through our lips. Let's demand equal time. Once in a while, if somebody GD's enough in a restaurant, I figure it's time for me to demand equal time. You cuss his name, I'm fixing to praise his name out loud. And there was, the enemy has flooded people's minds and hearts with discouraging words. Let's flood them with life. I mean, just, just put it out there. How many, how many times have I had people say to me, you'll never know what that meant to me? That's you. Do that. You want people saying, Man, when you spoke to me that day, how could you have known what was going on? And uh, let's start doing this. Jesus said, This, see how great? See what you could do? See how great a forest, a spark can kindle? See what a great thing you could do if you just put your words in the right place? I want you to see what your words could do to people. And let's live to speak life. Mm. Let's live to speak life. And you know what you have to have to speak life? You have to have people. Guess where they're at? They're all over the place, son. It's like the old woman came walking into Confederate camp with a Union soldier pointing him her with a broomstick. And the commander said, where'd you get him? She said, the woods is full of them. Go get you one. <laughs> there was the woods is full of people who need somebody to speak life to them. Yeah. Just let a rip, Tater Chip. I mean, just turn it loose out there and you can do it planned. I always keep a list who, I, who I'm gonna call today. I'm gonna call these folks and talk to them. You can write it. You can go talk to them. And let me say this again. You can do this unplanned. Everybody ought to pray every day. Thank you that you order my steps today. Thank you that you're going to put me in front of people that need to hear something good. Thank you that you're going to give me the words to say and thank you that we're going to both enjoy it. Just words of life. We ought to just shotgun them everywhere. Just flood it everywhere we go. All right. I got my buddy. He's going to come sing me a song in a minute here before we're going to close this there's a, back when I got saved in the Jesus movement days, 1975, this may be the oldest song in the Jesus movement days, except for Kumbaya. Does anybody remember Kumbaya? You got to be old to remember that. And that was the latter. That was the seventies. Kumbaya. We all sit around the campfire, strum a guitar and sing Kumbaya. Now you got to remember, we started out in the 1970s. You had George Beverly Shea and that's it. Contemporary Christian music was just coming out then. But all you had was Andre Crouch and that was it. And had kumbaya, but they, was another, they were one of the greatest songs. I still think it's one of the greatest songs ever written. It may be the greatest song to capture our lives in a lost world. And uh, one of my one of the little boys, so several years ago, I'm over underpass and I look out there at the church and on the back of his truck he had, you ever seen them tags where they got all them letters jammed together and you're supposed to figure out what it says? You ever seen that? Well, yeah, I don't know. I looked at him and I said, son, why have you got a tag that says piss on it? He rolled his eyes. He said, Read it again, preacher. I looked at that said, Oh, so no, it says pass it on, doesn't it? I said, It's different. Well, I'd known him for years. Y'all come back. Sometimes, your words don't have to be perfect. You, you can get the Hall of Fame back in 300. And I just, I said, why have you got that on there? And he said, that, when I was a kid growing up, he said, my daddy sang that to us all the time. And daddy always taught us, if God's given you his love, you need to pass it on. And he said, you can pass it on. And one of the greatest songs ever written, is remember this, it only takes a spark. Guess where the song came from? James chapter three, verse five. That song was written out of that verse where God said, I want you to see what a spark, with your tongue could do. They're gonna sing it to us, lead us in it. And then when you're done, y'all pray for us. Come
1: on, guys.
2: Father, it's just been so good to be in your presence tonight. God, thank you for the way that you have touched our hearts. God, thank you for your word that just speaks such life and truth and hope and peace into us. And God, I just thank you for your servant, Brian, Brian, who's just been so faithful, God, to just tell it like it is. So, God, I just pray that that you would just help us take these words to heart. God, they wouldn't just be information to us, but, God, they would be inspiration that would inspire us, God, to pass on, to give away what you've poured into us. God, may it not be something that we hold tightly, God, but, God, with open hands and with open hearts, God, I pray that we would live out your desire to see the kingdom of God just moving in this community, moving in our homes, moving in our lives. God, where we work, where we go to school, the people that we we speak to every day, God, the person that waits on us in the restaurant, the person that takes our money at the grocery store, God, may we just speak life, speak hope. And God, help us to not be afraid, but God, to do it in faith. So, Lord, we love you tonight. We thank you so much for your goodness. God, you are so good. You are such a good God. And we just pray that your spirit would go with us now, Father. And in the name of Jesus, we would see you this week. Continue to work in our hearts, for we pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen.